Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the fourth annual Canon Cast Trade Deadline Spectacular. Woo! Uh, this is always sort of an unofficial anniversary for this podcast. Our very first episode happened on Trade Deadline Day back in 2019. So it's the fourth time we're doing this. We've had a lot of different deadlines in that time period. Obviously, that first one was a momentous day in Jackets history. Uh, there were big time buyers going all in for one playoff push. The next year, we're kind of in the middle of the standings, had a lot of injuries, where neither buyers nor sellers made a couple of minor moves. You know, last year, big time sellers and cashed in better than we could have expected on guys like Nick Felino and David Savard. This year was we went into it with low expectations. Um, we're not going to see anything as a blockbuster trade, but we had some unrestricted free agents that we could sell as rentals and we're hoping for a good return. Um, I'm sitting here five hours after the trade deadline and I am not happy with how this played out for the Blue Jackets. Just one trade and I'll go ahead and, and give the details on that one. Max Domi has been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Blue Jackets also gave up a 2022 sixth round pick in that trade. Fun, fun little side thing. That pick is the pick that we got from Toronto for Riley Nash. And I will always love that trade because it was a seventh round pick that was conditionally upgraded to a sixth. The condition was that Riley Nash played 25% of the playoff games for the Leafs that year. And because he played just two playoff games, but the Leafs were bounced to the first round, it triggered the condition. And that is always going to be amusing to me. Anyway, we gave that pick to Florida. We retained 50% of Domi's salary, uh, his cap hit. The Panthers retained 25%. And in return, we received Aiden Hreshuk. He is a left-handed defenseman who was selected in the third round of the 2021 draft. He is a freshman at Boston College. I'll get more into him later, but 
that's that's it. That's the trade from our side. And that's that is much less than I thought that we would get for Max Domi, especially considering that we were retaining salary on that. This just feels like a a massive underpay. And that's really disappointing. Now, Domi was not a great player by any means. Certainly had some flaws to him. Certainly was overpaid. But considering what we got last year at the trade deadline, you'd have to think that we can get more here. Or even in this year's deadline, another late trade was Ricard Raquel going from Anaheim to Pittsburgh. And he is a slightly better player than Domi. Older, though but also cheaper, so there was no salary retention involved there. But Anaheim got four pieces back, including two NHLers in Zach Aston, Reese, and Dominic Simone, and they got a goalie prospect, and they got a draft pick. So for us to get so little for Max Domi, oh. Now, is it better than nothing? Yes. It is still better than nothing. Domi's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Not clear that the Jackets would be able to re-sign him or would even want to re-sign him. For him, it would kind of depend on salary. Certainly would not want to keep him at the cap hit that he has currently because he has not lived up to that production. So it's better than nothing. Coming into it, I sort of thought... I didn't think we would get a first-round pick. I was looking for a maybe a couple of second-round picks or a second and third, something like that. So the fact that we didn't get that, that is that is frustrating. It's also frustrating because of the way that the news unfolded. You know, as the day went on, we were not hearing many rumors or anything. And I got really nervous that we would go through the deadline and not make any trade whatsoever. Then after 3 o'clock that the news finally came out that, yes, okay, the Jackets did trade Max Domi. Jarmo Kekalainen came out, addressed the media, did his usual post-deadline press conference. And at that point, though, he could not reveal all the details of the trade because the trade call had not happened yet. He revealed there was a, a long queue at the NHL offices, like 30-some trades that they had to get through. So he could only confirm that Domi was being traded to Carolina, but the details were not out yet. And so he went through the press conference, talked about everything. And it's only after the fact then that the details started to leak out of what the return was. And I'm really frustrated that he got to escape talking to the media after we knew all the details, because I would have loved to hear more pointed questions about like, is this it? Why was this it? You know, what kind of market was out there? Did you talk to other teams? Why was this the best possible trade to make? Was this really the only team that was interested? Was this a case of, him realizing at the last minute that he had to trade Domi for something. And so we had to throw this deal together just to get something. That, If so, that is really, really frustrating. And also, as the details leaked out, there was a thought that, oh, we're going to get this Russian prospect as well, Igor Korshkov, that he was involved in the trade. Um, and it wasn't until a couple hours after that that we found out, no, Florida's getting him. You know, and we found out that, oh, we're giving up a pick as well. So, you know, when you look at the breakdown, the Hurricanes also got a defensive prospect from Florida. So the Hurricanes got two pieces, including the best piece in the trade. They only have to 
have a quarter of Domi's cap it on their cap, and they are up against the cap. They are into long-term injured reserve space, so they needed the retained salary in order to make this deal work. Florida, they just laundered the salary. They're only taking 25%, and yet they got two pieces. They got a prospect and a draft pick. We are retaining the most salary on Domi. We gave up the best player in the trade. We gave up a late-round draft pick, and all we are getting back is one prospect. That is, that's disappointing. However you cut it, that is disappointment. And I know I'm not alone in this. A lot of other Jackets fans are really angry at Yarmo, and rightfully so. Now, I am not going to crucify Yarmo over this. This is not a fatal blunder on his part. I still think that this team is in the right direction. This trade does not set us back by any means. But considering the moves that he made last year, the Felino trade, the Savard trade, the Seth Jones trade, like let's not forget those recent moves. And I think it's those maybe set a standard so high for us to get great return in trades that to not meet that here feels like even more of a disappointment. As to the prospect, now, as I said, I was looking for maybe a second or third round pick. Preshuk was a third round pick last summer. So if you want to look at it that way, we basically did get a third round pick. It's just a player that has already been selected. Now, his freshman year at Boston College was not super productive from a stats standpoint. He he played 37 games for Boston College, had one goal, seven assists. He had a plus nine rating. Not bad for a freshman. Um, and it was a down year for Boston College. They did not make the NCAA tournament like they usually do. Uh, he's a player that, according to some pre-draft rankings I saw, he was in the high 40s to high 60s range. Um, so the fact that he fell to the 90s um, means he was kind of a steal for Carolina there, much like Stanislav Sposal was for us. Um, I like the idea of adding another defensive prospect. Um, so he becomes the third prospect we have that was a college freshman this year. Also, Corson Kulamans at Wisconsin, Guillaume Richard at Providence. You know, not all those guys are going to pan out, but the chances are good that, you know, at least one of those guys becomes something for us. And he's described as being mobile and a good skater, and a good puck mover. And it seems like those are attributes that all of our defensive prospects have in common. If you also include Stanislav Sposal, Samuel Nazco. So we have a lot of really interesting young players in our pipeline. And again, not everyone's going to work out. But the more that we have, the better chance that some of these guys do make it to the NHL and contribute at the NHL level. And even those that don't have a spot on our roster, because again, we also have a lot of young, good skaters already in the NHL. The other players can be trade chips that we can use to fill other holes that we might have in the roster. So that part's intriguing. So just something to uh, to keep an eye on with those players. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. As for the other players the Blue Jackets could have traded and did not trade, uh, there was Dean Kukin, who Elliot Friedman had reported last week was Edmonton had some interest in him. That didn't pan out. Honestly, I'm not surprised. There were other defensemen available to be traded, and he was really not at their level. So I'm not surprised that no trade came to be there. Uh, Jonas Corpusalo. We've talked about that before, that he basically just played himself out of the market. Uh, there were other goalies to be had. Peter Morazic was put on waivers. He cleared waivers. Now he has a bad contract that teams wouldn't want to take on, but he's still a better player than Corpusalo, and no one wanted him for free. So it's not a surprise that there was no market for Corpusalo. Uh, there's also the matter that on Saturday, Elvis Merzlikens left the game in the third period uh, with back spasms. And it sounds like he is going to miss some time. We don't know how much, but, you know, at least a game, uh, maybe more. So the Jacks are going to need Corpusalo then to play. It's going to be Corpusalo and Berube for the foreseeable future this season. Um, so that could have been another reason to not eagerly pursue a Corpusalo trade. So, yeah, you know, it, it's just a little underwhelming that with what assets we did have to sell, that we come out of it with one prospect. Hope for more. Would be greedy? I don't know. Is it damaging to the plan for this rebuild plan? No. No, I don't think so. I think it's fine. Now for, for Domi, wish him well. You know, he, he's been a great sport since he came here. Embraced the city, embraced the fans, was a good teammate. Just Things just didn't work out on the ice like they were supposed to. Uh, I think from the beginning, he was just not a fit for the style of hockey that we play because he has, you know, no defense to his game. And that was not going to work with torts. And even though Larson is, is a little more open to that, <laughs> to that kind of player, um, he still just wasn't consistently productive enough offensively. Um, I think he's useful as a, middle six winger 
Uh, he's a great passer. He can definitely set up shooters. He has some sandpaper to his game, you know, which is nice to have. He's just a one-way player. And he's not worth the $5 million cap it. So for Carolina to be able to put him on their third line and have him for a $1.3 million cap it, that's great for Carolina. And that's a team who was already in great shape. I didn't expect them to do much of anything at the deadline, and they still would have been in a position to win the Metro, maybe be the top seed in the East. So this just adds to their already deep roster. So great pickup for them. And I wish him well. I hope he does well there. He's got a chance to win a cup, and I'd love love to see him win a cup. That would be fantastic. Um, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for him here. Um, Like we talked about last week, you know, maybe a chance that he resigns, but it's going to have to be for short-term and less money than he made before. You know, and I think it's something that the team's going to have to think about going forward when making trades, like really think about fit. Is this player going to be able to adjust to the style of play that you want them to have? You know, and the acquisition is also going to look like a failure because he was brought in to be a number two center and to, you know, push Pierre-Luc Dubois. And uh, that didn't happen. He didn't stick around as a center and certainly wasn't good enough to push Dubois, even if Dubois had stayed, which, of course, he didn't. And people are obviously going to compare him to Josh Anderson. Now, Domi actually has earned more points since the trade than Anderson has, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But uh, and, and I still have concerns about how Anderson's long-term contract, how that's going to age. I don't think it's going to age very well. But yeah, to have traded Anderson, and now it's looking like we have just Samuel Nasco and Aiden Hrushchek as the return a couple years later, as, as in addition to you know basically two half seasons worth of Max Domi. Yeah, that's underwhelming. That's that's a miss. It happens, you know, not not every team bats 100 on these kind of deals, but it hurts. It hurts that, you know, we didn't get what we wanted out of that. All right, as for the week ahead, the Jackets go on a road trip now. Uh, starts Tuesday night at Pittsburgh. Then on Friday and Saturday, they are in Winnipeg and Minnesota. Winnipeg will be interesting because it's the Line and Roslevic return games. Minnesota will be interesting to see if there's any bad blood bleeding over from the first meeting where there was that nasty knee-to-knee hit from Marcus Foligno on Jake Voracek. And just in general, it was a chippy game, so we'll see if that continues. Pittsburgh, again, there's always a lot of intensity in, in that game because of that rivalry. So we'll see how this team does. Again, they've been playing pretty well. They've been hanging with good teams. So it's certainly reasonable to expect that they could hang with Pittsburgh again. The big question mark is just goaltending. You know, I'd feel a lot better going into Pittsburgh with Elvis in goal. Uh, I would feel okay with Barubi in goal, but chances are Corpusalo gets that start. And I don't feel great about that. Uh, The team is going to have to play much, much better defensively in front of him. They have gotten better defensively, but they're still not good defensively. If you look at like the Washington game last week, it was a game where we were controlling play a lot of the times, but every single time that we made a mistake, it ended up in the back of the net. Again, that was another Corposalo start. And I don't know what it is about this team that they get burned like that and never mistake. 
you know, I don't know if that's the case where if you had a good goalie, that goalies can bail teams out from those kind of mistakes, but that's the situation we're in there. So we can just tighten things up a little bit. The good news is, though, the offense, that looks great. We are able to get scoring from all over. I mean, even Emil Bemstrom scored on Saturday. Sean Corrali scored on Saturday. I mean, that line was contributing on both ends of the ice. That was awesome. Patrick Laine still playing out of his mind. Love to see it. Uh, Voracek, even after taking that nasty hit, you know, he only missed like a game. Then he's back looking great. Gus Nyquist in the zone. You know, he talked about not wanting to be traded uh, after that game Saturday and he was not traded. And yeah, I think there's value to keeping him around because he provides that leadership. He is super productive on the ice. He has clicked with line a. So again, still, still a lot to look forward to from this team, even still things to watch for this season, because we've got a lot of this young talent blossoming and learning and growing. And that is still interesting to me. Um, And now there's an opportunity with Domi out of the picture Uh, in the short term, Brandon Gounce will be taking his spot. Um, But, you know, keep an eye on the college tournament because Kent Johnson, as soon as Michigan's eliminated or wins it, uh, he'll be able to play. And I really can't wait to see him play as we've discussed before. Now, before we go, I wanted to give a couple shout outs here first to Kevin Weeks at ESPN who was the star of Trade Deadline Day. Uh, He was posting trade news as he got it, and he was posting videos. And, you know, it started first with him posting from his, like, hotel closet. And people were commenting on that. And so his subsequent videos as he was at the studio, he was posting from various parts of the studio in the bowels of ESPN. One time then he even was posting with his head in a trash can for some reason. Uh, It was really goofy, but really funny. And uh, I appreciate that kind of uh, entertainment. The other shout out goes to the Ohio State women's hockey team, your new national champions. Uh, I don't know if anyone else watched that like I did on Sunday. That was super exciting. Uh, That's a hell of a team there. They were really fast, aggressive for check. They, uh, you know, late in the game, they were up one and Minnesota Duluth could not pull their goalie because the four check was just that aggressive. They could not get the puck out of the zone enough to pull the goalie. Um, credit to Nadine Muzzerall, the head coach there. She has done a tremendous job since she came in, really building that program up, brought in a ton of talent, coached them up, play, they play really hard. She's a super intense coach, which I love to watch. And it was just really special to see them win that, bring that title home. And um, hopefully that's something the program can continue to build on. Please, for the love of God, build a dedicated hockey facility at Ohio State, a new modern state-of-the-art rink for both teams. That would be so awesome now. And based on what we've seen, they deserve it. So that'll do it for us this week. Catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.